0: hey everybody welcome to the five for five podcast the show where we play for pointless points and pointless prizes right mike
1: that's right folks but the journey through history is priceless
0: So today we have a really extra priceless episode because it's the completion of season two.
1: That's right, it's the end folks, we're wrapping the season.
0: And we are delivering on a promise that we are gonna bring out some stories from the vault, right Mike? Oh,
1: that's right, we were gonna be using episodes that we've gone through, maybe considered using, but decided it was best for an episode like this.
0: Yeah, we got a few of those, but we have another big surprise for you and that is our good friend, John Chow is in the building he's going to be commenting on some of the stuff with us right after this you into it mike i'm in it man let's do it all right everybody we are ready to get started it's me panchito and as always mike how you doing mike i'm good man how about you i'm good i'm excited because john
2: chow is in the building what up How's everyone doing? Punchy Doe, Mike. Glad to be on the show. You brought the sexy voice today, huh? Hey, you know, (laughs) this is my uh, podcast voice.
0: So John Chow is the big homie. He's uh, one of the dudes we kick it with all the time. He's got a lot of good input on almost everything that Mike and I tend to spit. So we're excited to have him here
2: for this. Yeah.
1: We think it's appropriate to have
2: him here. Yeah, I hope so. I hope not. I'm not a disappointment, you know, trying to live up to the name.
0: (laughs) No pressure, but if it's no good, we'll never have you back again.
2: (laughs) We'll edit you out, son. It's okay. Big time, yeah.
0: All right, Mike, I know you got the first story of a few that we're going to be sharing today. So bring something that silliness. What do you got for
1: us? Keep it short and sweet, folks. This one's uh, going to be out of Missouri. Uh, Missouri. Missouri, 1921. Uh, the title of the newspaper article is Charleston Dance Hazardous Sport. Okay. The first injury in southern Illinois due to the dancing of the Charleston is reported at Alton, where Miss Mildred Valls suffered a dislocation of the kneecap while performing steps of the new dance. The young lady's accident occurred at an old-time dance. Young folks pleaded with the manager of the ball to mix newer dances with those calling for old-fashioned steps, and he promised one Charleston. Ms. Vall slipped, wrenched her knee, and the joint became locked. <laughs> and that's it i love
0: that okay like the only thing that's juts out for me from the past that makes it from the past yeah is the fact that it's the charles exactly
1: that's why i had to read about this article like i had to read it and bring it to you guys
0: other than that it yeah it screams modern context because it's somebody's getting hurt doing a crazy dance and that's kind of all we have now right how many idiots have you seen
1: on YouTube, John Chow, seriously, like doing a dumb dance and getting hurt?
2: Well, now, now it's more of a competition, right? It's like who can get as many views? Like someone will start a crazy dance and and just, you know, we want to get viral. Like that whole Drake dance, you know, that Kiki song. I mean, people were getting oh, yeah. hurt left and right trying to slamming in the doors and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, like basically starting from a Charleston, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I mean,
1: we went from that to Kiki dance.
2: Yeah wow
0: that's the thing though is everybody wants to do
2: the dance they were begging to do the dance
1: yeah they wanted to do that so bad
2: and someone a little older um what, what was her name miss uh, uh miss Valls. miss vols she you know she, she took one one wrong step and hurt herself you know
0: she's trying to do the kid dance that's the problem right but i mean it probably look look cool look awesome to a point have you seen an adult try
2: to floss it's <laughs> <That's> pretty rough
0: <laughs> it is not that good looking <laughs>
2: It gets views though. Yeah, it gets it probably, views. It yeah, probably, we do it for a because different you know reason why. Though. If I if I record my mom flossing and I throw it on uh, throw my Instagram, I guarantee you that'll get a lot of likes. Yes, Mama Chow because Mama get Chow be likes. flossing. Uh-huh. Yes,
1: yeah, <laughs> and that's money, potential money. Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah, and
2: yeah, you know. So what? The motivations is different. Is that the big thing? Well, motivation from back then to now, it's I think it's totally changed. You know, they were just trying to do a big. Yeah, back then, you know, back then everyone trying new things that's fun and dandy. But now everyone's trying to. I think a lot of these kids nowadays just want to go viral one time. Yeah. They, At they, least they, the ones. they think that's their lottery, you know. I think
1: yeah. I think John Xiao, uh highlighted something, the one-upsmanship, right? Yeah, like, that's
0: all over the place
1: like I see you over there being stupid. That's cool But you're getting a lot of attention being stupid. Let's see if I can be dumber than you
0: That's why it's a challenge now.
1: Yeah, it's a big time hashtag
0: challenge. something challenge.
1: Well for some folks money's at stake Yeah, and that's that that adds a whole new dynamic
0: well because they're influencing
1: a hundred percent
0: see that's that's it They were dancing back then to show off now They're dancing now to, to attempt to influence and show off
1: right twofold
0: and I'll tell you what, shout out to DJs. Right. DJ Smash, if you're listening to
1: this. (laughs) Shout out to DJ Smash.
0: They were getting requests even back then, right? That's true. Whatever the DJ plays is never good enough for some reason.
1: No, not at all. It's true. It's never good enough.
0: It's like crazy to me to hear that they were doing it all the way back then and for the Charleston.
1: Almost 100 years ago. Yeah. So what do you got for us, man? Well, I've got one that comes from 1978. Okay, a little bit more modern than where I was coming from.
0: Yeah, this one's out of New York, and it has to do with technology. I keep bringing in technology for you because I know you love those. Yeah, man, you keep hitting me with that, not that I'm complaining. But this one's neat because it involves the law and some kind of shady stuff on the part of a doctor, maybe? I'm not positive, but in 1978, using $16,000 worth of television technology a heart surgeon is testifying in a federal court case while he's sitting back in his hospital
1: room in houston so he's like testifying from the hospital
0: right he was doing this through a court ordered hookup by the u.s district court and basically they had to do this because he couldn't take time away from his busy surgical duties at this hospital the reason that his time is so important is because he's a heart surgeon And they want him to be able to stay and work on the patients instead of flying back and forth to New York to testify. Right. But the interesting thing to me was that he's testifying because he's been called in a suit involving assertedly faulty valves that he implanted in patients' hearts.
1: Whoa. Uh Uh-huh. So even though you're probably working on someone's valve while I'm grilling you on the stand, so to speak, I'm going to—we're going to talk about these bad valves.
0: Right. I mean, he's testifying— about these faulty valves but they don't stop him from working and instead they implement all this technology $16,000 worth of video technology in 1978
2: so he can keep working while he's being indicted for faulty valve for possibly using faulty valves yeah. that's crazy that the court order wasn't enough or what they just didn't pursue for like a stronger court order to like get him to New York
0: or just to stop him, right? Or oh, yeah,
2: wouldn't you think like, hey, if we're doing some research on you or doing some background check on you about suspicious activity, we would pause what you're doing for a second at least.
0: I would think a subpoena would take precedent, right? Right, and like, the, there's got to be another heart surgeon.
2: Yeah, well, well, you just say he was the head of the head of the department, but uh-huh. even though, like, I'd be like, I, I wouldn't want to be operated by him right now. Exactly, like, I would not. That, want that's him. my thing, like as a patient.
1: Because that's going to be me on that table, opened up while he's working and being grilled on the stand, so to speak.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, for me, what this points to is like misuse of technology. Right. And if you're down, we can talk about it after break. Absolutely. All right. We'll be right back. This is Evita from Flying Blind Podcast. You're listening to the 5 for 5 Podcast with Panchito and Mike. Subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media at Z-W-E-R-C Media. Did you get it? Good. All right, everybody. We're back for the second half of the 5 for 5 podcast. I'm sitting here with Mike. I am here folks,
1: excited to do it, excited to talk about what we've got going
0: on. And I'm sitting here with the great John Chow. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. So before the break, I led into it with a story about this surgeon in Houston. And he's testifying in court in New York via a court order that cost the court 16 grand in 1978 so that he could testify about valves, but I think we kind of all agreed he should be at the no he court definitely building. should
2: be at the court and the fact that they mentioned they used sixteen thousand dollars worth of equipment back in the 70s that's got to be equivalent to what 60 70 80 grand now right and I think a subpoena would easily get that doctor over here, the surgeon at the courts.
0: So we said that points toward like a
1: misuse of technology, right? Right. It's a byproduct of having the technology sometimes.
0: So, Mike, you're hyper exposed to this stuff. What's a good example of that? Well, in a modern context.
1: Let me let me throw the first one out there. That might not be so obvious. OK. And OK, because it, th- this actually really does require modern context, even more modern than 1978. Mm-hmm. So, OK, like, do you know how many HIPAA violations were performed and witnessed in that courtroom? Like, I'm no HIPAA compliance officer, but I can tell you the fact that all those people who were watching that, they weren't legally supposed to be allowed to see that body. You know what I mean?
0: And who's on the surgeon's end of the video connection, too, right?
1: Exactly. Like, what's going on on that end? That was the, actually, the, for me, that was immediately where my mind went before, like, the next thing, which I'm thinking of, was just basically the gross, the gross use of surveillance technology, right? That's, you know, being used by, you know, states and being used by, you know, society. That's
0: kind of where my mind was going. Like I read something the other day about that. They want to start putting like citywide face capture.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that was definitely something that was being floated. And I'm really glad that the municipalities and the states are really balking back on that.
0: I feel like you and me, Mike, could maybe be mistaken for each other or something. But John Chow's in trouble if they, if they start doing that.
2: No, I, I, yeah, that's uh, I'd definitely be
0: in trouble. He's very distinctly handsome is what it is. <laughs> it's China handsome. If you're a distinct face type of dude or person, you're done with this.
1: Right. Well, I know where I stand on that topic.
0: Yeah, I know you have feelings, right?
1: I have many feelings on, on a topic like that. I'm not a fan of it. Um, I don't believe that the state should have that kind of access in that level of depth there's a lot of counterpoints you can make to that though just to kind of be contrarian to my own self right the fact that we already have facial databases sure you know so what but they're
0: for different uses right now
1: totally i mean for
0: almost for entertainment at this point
1: right i mean facial when you implement facial recognition you're you're taking that dynamic to a whole other level
0: it's an implementation of of a system right right to me once we've gotten smart about something Is it because we know too much about it or think we know too much about it that we start implementing it like that? I mean, because they say technology is the stuff that we haven't quite figured out how to use yet. Right. That's what we call technology.
1: Right. And, And I would actually caveat that as well as our society hasn't really fully figured out how to adapt itself to it.
0: Right. Once we've got that data, what's the power of it? Right. We don't completely know yet
1: yeah like what a lot of people don't realize is yeah you know we should let's pat ourselves on the back we've done some really cool things but we actually should take a long hard look in the mirror and really understand That there's a lot that we don't realize how this impacts. Like, we we haven't really looked at the long-term impact of having this kind of access to data. And and that's stuff like that that I think that we kind of take for granted.
0: You know what I think could be seen as another misuse of technology is license agreements.
1: Yes, yes. Um, I feel like license agreements and uh, what we were just talking about before, surveillance, even kind of are almost intertwined. Like they go hand in hand.
0: So John Chow, how many times have you been like signing up for something and you just zip through the agreement?
2: I think I've zipped through everything I've signed up for. And you know, and these, you have hella accounts. On. Yeah, and these these license agreements come with everything nowadays. Disney Plus, Hulu, Netflix, whatever you want to sign up with. Yeah, if um, you want Baby Yoda, you're gonna you're gonna it. need to sign something. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, everyone's doing it. I'm just gonna do it. I don't care about the license.
0: Right. Yeah, but you're not realizing what you're agreeing to.
1: You have no idea what you're agreeing to. It it usually includes an inordinate amount of pages to have to read through. That's in legalese, and then at the very end. Is often open-ended, which usually allows the corporation to changes the to change the terms at will, uh-huh. it's a, a, and oftentimes it's a lot like that. And the average consumer has no idea that it's usually like that. You think that's them using technology against you, John Chow?
2: Oh, definitely, because you know why. The, the information they they get on me, they ask for my date of birth, they ask for my you know my address and all that stuff. I don't know what they're really gonna do with it. Yeah. But they can they can sell it to third party companies. They can distribute it however they want. Because you know why? I scrolled up. I I went through the 20 pages. And I just I just clicked accept.
0: Because they're leveraging what you want from the technology exactly. against you.
2: Exactly. For that moment in time, I wanted this app, and I just I just hit accept.
1: This is gonna turn into one of the in my opinion one of the biggest legal battles of the 21st century. Who owns our data? Because uh-huh. currently right now, if you actually begin to research the topic, you actually find out that currently as it stands by Supreme Court precedent, we actually don't legally own our data. You and I. Who who currently owns our data is who is whatever medium is holding that data. So meaning the information that I divulge is, let's say, for example, spoken over my AT&T telecom convers- conversation. AT&T can make an argument over ownership of some of my information. OK, and. That's a huge problem right now, in my opinion. Yeah. Because what a lot of people don't—they won't think too deeply on it—but they don't realize what that leads to. Slippery it's, slope. Uh, I mean, slippery avalanche. I mean, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are we—what are we talking about? Are we talking about tracking our eyes now? You—you've left the door so open to so many things that can be tracked on on you and I. That's us
0: enabling ourselves with technology to be able to do x amount of things. Yeah. But not necessarily. Being ready to take on the responsibility of those things we have enabled, right? Right. Is that the parallel then? Because this court back in 78, they paid X amount of dollars to use the technology, but were they ready to be responsible for the technology? Right.
1: And you know, the irony is that Supreme Court case that I had mentioned was like in 75. Oh, really? Yeah. It was like in 75 where basically it, was, it all it all started with a telecom company. And basically what happened was that a telecom company had given the FBI the number of, of somebody who was a stalker. And basically a woman was getting a call from a dude who was who was a creeper and she was constantly getting harassed by this guy. And she tipped off the police and she goes, I think it's this guy, but I don't have any evidence to support it. So the police ended up tipping off the feds. Feds went to the telecom company and the telecom company just gave the information over. This is the guy. Long story short, it got proven in court that it was the guy. But the fact is is that the the feds ended up getting that information in a non-legal manner. Right. And that's how things got so contested that it ended up making its way to the Supreme Court. You think
0: that's our future, John Chow? You think we're going to be like digging ourselves in holes when we figure out how to do new things but aren't really ready for those new things yet?
2: I think so. Didn't, uh, what, a couple of years ago, Apple went uh, was in trial for that, right? They had a whole.
0: Yeah, they wouldn't unlock somebody's phone. Yeah, they wouldn't or unlock something.
2: someone's phone right. and it, it could have proved like, was it, was, was it a murder case or. Yeah, I it, forgot it was what case it was. For. Right? Some yeah, form it was a foul play. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, I, I heard that and. We're kind of just kind of digging ourselves in the grave with that stuff, like giving just giving so much information to to these telecom communications or our cell phones or because i mean we think about it, how much information does our phone have on us yeah you know i use my my face to unlock it like it knows my thumbprint and you know what i mean like just all this information that a lot of people might not know about and are your
1: location tracking yeah
2: and my phone knows everything
1: Yeah. just because your screen's blank doesn't mean it's not doing anything well i'll tell you
0: what you guys are painting this really beautiful bright picture of the future i'm so excited about it
1: yes yeah, the dystopian future <laughs>
0: we're all gonna have to like give ourselves up to tribute for our district or something pretty soon (laughs) hunger games yep nice all right well i think we have one more
1: quick story to talk about mike and i know it's a little bit lighter what you got so i got a pretty short one out of buffalo new york it's actually called rat art shown okay 50 paintings by 10 unknown artists were scheduled to be sold during a rat art exhibit here today that's right rat art not rare art the 10 artists are rats. Rat art. Yeah, rat, rat art, man. <laughs> Dr. Richard Symbalo, chairman of the Rosary Hill College Psychology Department, sponsored the art exhibit to benefit the department's equipment fund. I think we'll sell them all, he said. One professional artist who viewed the exhibit unaware of who had done the work said the painting showed obvious talent and promise, said Symbalo, That artist wishes to remain unnamed. The rats painted by grabbing with their front paws a brush extended into their cages and Zimbalo said each of the artists had its own style. You can tell which paintings were painted by the same artist, he said. Funny how he refers to them as artists. That's the article. I
0: really like that story because I've lived with one foot in the art world for a long time and even in the art world, we kind of look at abstract art, like the kind of thing where like you dunk tennis balls in paint and throw the tennis balls, you know, that kind of stuff. We're like, is it? Heart? is it expressing something i don't know it's really difficult but jumping straight into modern
1: context we have a lot of that now it's we're flooded with it we're in, we're inundated with it
0: we're up to our ears in duct tape bananas
1: yeah a lot of that stuff going on right now right i mean like people are going crazy over duct tape bananas
0: now john chow you i know are kind of a fan of some of this stuff like some of this like the streets version of it right
2: right I mean what art I think we all we all have our own definition of art so if we think something's unique we th- we all have our own opinion if I think something's beautiful to me if I'm willing to pay for that you know th- that that's on me so if those <laughs> 10 rats made beautiful drawings and you know I can say hey that painting was done by a rat.
0: Yeah, it comes down to if you can monetize it. Is right. that what you're saying? Yeah. Is that what the modern context of it is? Who's willing to pay for it?
2: It basically is because you got to think there's a, there's got to be an audience somewhere. So with, with the modern context, especially with social media nowadays, that's why we have we have so many tennis, tennis balls throwings or my baby drew this or, you yeah. know, I, I spill paint and now it's art. Like with, with social media, you can get your art out there or... You know, get your product out to, to be seen more. You know what? If I get if I made ten pieces and I got nine buyers, that's a win.
0: You know where I think we've gotten really loosey goosey with that is fashion. Mm. I know for a fact that John Chow over here is really into Yeezys.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: And I, to me, they just look like athletic house shoes. Okay. And now they're worth six hundred dollars a pair. You know what I mean? But they're comfortable.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I. Okay, I have to say something cuz like I'm I'm not an art kind of guy. Okay. Uh-huh. And one of the reasons why I don't live in that world is because to me there's way too much relativism. Okay. Too much who are you to say this is that?
2: Yeah. No. Um to go back on fashion, I think fashion there's only so much. It's going to it's going to, you know, evolve back to. It's going to just go in a big old circle. What wasn't hip now is going to be hip then and vice versa, you know, like look at look at look at how the girls dress nowadays. They want the high waists and, you know, it's like yeah. All that stuff's coming back. They want the vintage tees now. Like, that's what's hip nowadays.
0: I'll tell you what's not going to come back, though, John Chow. Calling things hip. (laughs) That is never going to come back. (laughs) You lost us on that
2: one.
1: (laughs) I want to know how far back we're going to go as far as in this circle of fashion
0: oh i'm gonna be rocking the barney rubble next summer
1: see that's what i'm wondering man like uh, is is eventually like the 18th century gonna come back in style and we're wearing coats and oh, big yeah. big wigs and you know what i mean and, and i could see you two guys in powdered wigs i might right? work. yeah slapping each other with uh gloves
0: challenging uh, each other yeah. to duels i'd look hip yeah <laughs> uh, you'd look hip yeah <laughs> i agree all right well speaking of looking hip the end of this show looks pretty hip to me i'm ready to have it if you guys are
1: yeah definitely man
0: all right well we'll round it out when we come back the finale of the finale of the final show that is final finally we'll be right back this is evita from flying blind podcast you're listening to the five for five podcast with panchito and mike Okay, everybody, we're ready to wrap up the show. This is the five for five podcast where we play for pointless points and pointless prizes, right, Mike?
1: Right, but the journey through history is priceless.
0: So today, I got to thank you, Mike. This was a fun show.
1: I got to thank you, Pungito, man. I had a blast.
0: It's been great. But I think we should both thank John Chow. Thank you, John Chow. Hey, you're welcome.
2: It was a blast, man.
0: Yeah, it was nice having you on, man. Hopefully we'll get you in for some more projects.
2: Yeah, for sure. Oh, we definitely are.
0: All right. Well, speaking of more projects, everybody stay tuned for all the new stuff coming from Mike, coming from me, and coming from Zwerk Media. And if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe, like, love, and follow us at Zwerk Media.
1: That's right, folks. At Z-W-E-R-C Media.
0: All right. Thanks a lot, John Chow.
1: You guys have a good
2: one.
0: Thanks,
1: Mike. Pachito, Chow. Thanks. Peace out.